Welcome to the EAU podcast. In this edition, we have Professor Berg Bagu, a member of the EAU Guidelines Panel for Pediatric Urology, discussing vesicourethral reflux in children, including its diagnosis and treatment. What is vesicourethral reflux and what is its importance? Vesicourethral reflux is an anatomical and functional disorder with potentially serious consequences such as renal scarring, hypertension, and renal failure. Patients with vesicourethral reflux present with a wide range of severity and a good proportion of reflux patients do not develop renal scars and probably do not need any intervention. Vesicourethral reflux is a very common urological anomaly in children with an incidence of nearly 1%. The main management goal is the preservation of kidney function by minimizing the risk of pyelonephritis. By defining and analyzing the risk factors for each patient like age, sex, reflux grade, lower urinary tract dysfunction, anatomical abnormalities, and kidney status, it is possible to identify those patients with a potential risk of UTIs and renal scarring. Controversy persists over the optimal management of physical reflux, particularly the choice of diagnostic procedures, treatment, whether medical, endoscopic, or surgical, and the timing of treatment. What about the epidemiology of vesicourethral reflux? Many children present without symptoms of urinary tract infection and because invasive diagnostic procedures are performed only when clinically indicated, the exact prevalence of vesicourethral reflux is unknown. However, the prevalence of VUR in non-symptomatic children has been estimated at 0.4 to 1.8%. Among infants, prenatally identified hydronephrosis on ultrasound were screened for vesicourethral reflux. The prevalence was nearly 16.2%. In children who has siblings with vesicourethral reflux, the sibling reflux incidence is around 27.4%. Whereas the offspring of parents with a diagnosed reflux had a higher incidence, which is 35.7%. The incidence of vesicourethral reflux is much higher among children with urinary tract infections. It's 30 to 50% depending on the age. Urinary tract infections are more common in girls than boys due to anatomical differences. However, among all children with urinary tract infections, boys are more likely to have a vesicourethral reflux than girls. Boys tend to have a higher grade of reflux diagnosed at the younger ages, although their reflux is more likely to resolve itself. 
there is a clear coprevalence between lower urinary tract dysfunction and reflux. Lower urinary tract dysfunction refers to the presence of lower urinary tract symptoms, including urge, urge incontinence, weak stream, hesitancy, frequency, and UTIs, which reflect the filling and or emptying dysfunction and may be accompanied with bowel symptoms. Should we treat vesicourethral reflux immediately after being diagnosed? The spontaneous resolution of vesicourethral reflux is dependent on aged presentation, sex, grade, laterality, mode of clinical presentation, and anatomy. Faster resolution of vesicourethral reflux is more likely with age less than one year eight. Presentation, lower grade reflux like grade one to three and an asymptomatic presentation with prenatal hydronephrosis or sibling reflux. The overall resolution rate is high in congenital high-grade vesicoyotary reflux during the first years of life. In several Scandinavian studies, the complete resolution rate for high-grade vesicoyotary reflux has been reported higher than 25%, which is higher than the resolution rate for VUR uh, detected after infancy. The presence of renal cortical abnormality, bladder dysfunction, and breakthrough infection, uh, which are febrile UTIs, are negative predictive factors for reflux resolution. Is there a structured diagnostic workup for vesicourethral reflux? The diagnostic workup should aim to evaluate the overall health and development of the child, the presence of urinary tract infection, renal status, the presence of vesicourethral reflux, and lower urinary tract function. A basic diagnostic workup compromises uh, a detailed medical history, like including the family history, screening for lower urinary tract dysfunction, and so on, physical examination, including the blood pressure measurement, urine analysis, especially assessing the proteinuria, urine culture, and serum creatinine in patients with bilateral renal parenchymal abnormalities. The standard imaging tests include renal and bladder ultrasound, physical Urethral reflux can also be diagnosed by voiding sister urethrogram and nuclear renal scans. The criterion or standard in diagnosis of VUR is voiding sister urethrogram, especially at the initial workup. This test provides precise anatomical detail and allows the grading of the reflux. Radionuclide studies for detection of reflux have lower radiation exposure than voiding cystoeurotrograms, but the anatomical details are inferior. Recent studies on alternative imaging modalities for detection of reflux have yielded good results with voiding ultrasound and MR 
voiding sister urograms. Contrast enhanced voiding urosonography with intravesical installation of different ultrasound contrast agents has been shown to be highly sensitive, giving comparable results with the conventional technique, while avoiding the exposure of radiation. However, despite the concerns about radiation and its invasive nature, Conventional, conventional voiding cystourethrogram still remains the gold standard because it allows better determination of the grade of the reflux and the assessment of the bladder and urethral configuration. DMSA, dimercaptosixinic acid, is the best nuclear agent for visualizing the cortical tissue and differential function between both kidneys. In areas of acute inflammation or scarring, DMSA uptake is poor and appears as cold spots. DMSA scans are therefore used to detect and monitor renal scarring. Video urodynamic studies are only important in patients in whom secondary reflux is suspected, such as those with spina bifida or boys in whom Voiding cystourethrogram is suggestive of a posterior urethral valve. Cystoscopy has a limited role in evaluating reflux, except only for infravesical obstruction or urethral anomalies that might influence the therapy. What is the approach for infants presenting with prenatally diagnosed hydronephrosis? Ultrasound of the kidney and bladder is the first standard evaluation tool for children with prenatally diagnosed hydronephrosis. It's non-invasive and provides reliable information. Monitoring with ultrasound, uh, careful ultrasound examination avoids unnecessary invasive uh, and radiating examinations. The first two ultrasound scans within the first one to two months of life are highly accurate for defining the presence and absence of renal pathology. In infants with two normal uh, successive scans, reflux is rare and if present is likely to be a low grade one. The degree of hydronephrosis is not a reliable indicator for the presence of reflux even though cortical abnormalities are more common in high-grade hydronephrosis. The presence of cortical abnormalities on ultrasound scan, like cortical thinning irregularity uh, or increased echogenity, varies the use of VCUG for detecting reflux. The MSA provides a reliable quantitative measurements of the degree of cortical abnormalities. The use of voiding cystourethrogram is recommended in patients with ultrasound findings of bilateral high-grade hydronephrosis, duplex kidneys with hydronephrosis, ureter cell, ureteric dilatation, and abnormal bladders because the likelihood of VUR is much higher in these groups. How should vesicourethra be treated? And what is the aim and logic of conservative therapies? 
The objective of conservative therapy is presentation of the febrile urinary tract infections, and it's based on the understanding of that reflux resolves spontaneously, mostly in young patients with a low-grade reflux. Spontaneous resolution is low for bilateral high-grade reflux, and reflux does not damage the kidney when patients are free of infection and have a normal lower urinary tract function. There is no evidence that small scars can cause hypertension, renal insufficiency, or problems during pregnancy. Indeed, these are possible only in cases of severe bilateral renal damage. The conservative approach includes watchful waiting, intermittent or continuous antibiotic prophylaxis, and bladder rehabilitation in those with lower urinary tract dysfunction. Circumcision during early infancy may be considered as a part of conservative approach because it is effective in reducing the risk of infection in normal children. Regular follow-up with imaging studies like VCUG or DMSA scans is the part of the conservative management to monitor spontaneous resolution and kidney status. What are the options for surgical treatment of reflux? Surgical treatment can be carried out by endoscopic injection of bulking agents or ureteral reimplantation. Superetheric injection of bulking materials with availability of biodegradable substances, endoscopic treatment has become an alternative to long-term antibiotic prophylaxis and an open surgical intervention in the treatment of reflux. Using cystoscopy, a bulking material is injected beneath the intramural part of the ureter in a submucosal location. The injected bulking agent elevates the ureteral orifice and the distal ureter so that coaptation is increased. This results in narrowing of the lumen, which prevents reflux of urine into the ureter while still allowing its integrate flow. The aggregate success rate with one or more injections was 85%. The success was significantly lower for duplicated, which is like 50%, versus single systems, which is like 73%, and neuropathic, which is like 62%, versus normal bladders, which is like 74%. Open surgical techniques. Various intra- and extra-vesical techniques have been described for the surgical correction of reflux, Although different methods have specific advantages and complications, they all share the basic principle of lengthening the intramural part of the ureter by submucosal embedding of the ureter. All techniques have been shown to be safe with a low rate, complications, rate of complications. The most popular and reliable open procedure is the cross-trigonal reimplantation described by Cohen, but also there are alternatives like suprahiatal reimplantation, like polytanolate better, and infrahiatal reimplantation, like Glenn Anderson techniques. 
If an extravesical procedure, which is like Lich-Gregoire plant, cystoscopy should be performed preoperatively to assess the bladder mucosa and the position and the configuration of the orifice. In bilateral reflux, and intravesical anti-reflux procedures may be considered. Uh, laparoscopy and robot-assisted techniques are available. There have been a considerable number of case series of transperitoneal extravesical and pneumovesicoscopic intravesical ureteral reimplantation, which have shown the feasibility of the techniques. Various anti-reflux surgeries have been performed with robot and the extravesical approach is the most commonly used one. Robot-assisted reparoscopic ureteral reimplantation, RALU, uh, are within a wide range of variation and on average they are poor compared to open surgery. Operative times, costs and post-operative complications leading to secondary surgery uh, are higher with Ruller, but post-operative pain, hospital stay is less compared to open surgery. Therefore, at present, a laparoscopic approach cannot be recommended as a routine procedure. It can be offered as an alternative to the caregiver in centers where there is an ex uh, established experience. Thank you for joining Professor Bergu for this episode of EAU podcast on vesico-ureteral reflux in children. For further information on the EAU guidelines on pediatric urology, please visit our website www.euroweb.org forward slash guidelines. Further podcasts will be posted regularly on EAU guidelines topics. For more EAU podcasts, please go to your favourite podcast app and subscribe to our EAU podcast channel for regular updates.